0: True North Church, how are we? You doing good? Let's try that again. How are you this morning? We're doing well. Lovely summer day again. Well, a big welcome to you if we've never met. My name is Zach. Yes, I do work for Alpha, which is just an absolute joy. Um, And uh, some exciting stuff happening around the nation. Last year, we had 80,000 people, 80,000 Australians. Uh, discovering faith through Alpha. Isn't that amazing? And I know True North is a big part of that. It's phenomenal. This year we're believing and praying for 100,000 Australians to discover faith in Jesus through Alpha. And uh, so we've got some exciting things coming up. Um, Today I'm jumping on a plane to Brisbane, and uh, a little secret just between your church and me is actually we're refilming all of the street talks on Alpha with Aussies. All around the nation. And uh, so that's what I'm going away. That's my assignment this week, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Hey, I just want to honor uh, Pastor Dean and Lisa and their family today. Um, Thanks so much, Dean, for having me. And hello to all of our Merowa crew who are watching as well. Great to be with you today. Um, But Dean and Lisa just have the most generous, genuine heart for God, don't they? Uh, I was privileged this year, uh, last year actually, it's a new year, Uh, My wife and I, Claire, we were able to travel with Dean and Lisa to London, and we know that God really spoke to them when we were away. We know in times of prayer, in times of sharing, it was a really special time together. And uh, so, you know, part of me, I'm not surprised uh, with this diagnosis that Lisa has. You know, the enemy will always try and attack something, and I believe that your church is on the edge of an incredible season of growth. And uh, so we're believing with Dean and Lisa for the cancer to be gone in Jesus' name. We're standing on the Word of God and the promises of God. How about we pray for them right now? God, we thank you for Lisa. Lord, we lift her before you today. Lord, we thank you that you were already working in her body. We thank you that your word says that by your stripes we are healed, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So we stand against cancer in Jesus' name. Father, we pray like Jesus speaking to the fig tree, that it would shrivel up and it would be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray healing upon her body. Be with her today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you might be wondering, how am I, why am I standing here today? A little bit about me. So I... Um, Uh, worked for a church here in Perth for many years. Um, Before that, I was a musician, um, and then I got a real job uh, being a pastor. And uh, (laughs) if you call it a real job, what a joy. Uh, The last 14 years, I was on staff at Riverview Church. I was executive pastor there for many years. And then I felt the Lord call me um, about 12 months ago to leave that posting and uh, head into a season with Alpha, which is just really, really exciting. And I'm excited that you guys have Alphas coming up. Right across the city. I'm going to be helping with the one in the city, which I'm excited about. And uh, so give me a wave if you're involved in Alpha coming up. A few. I'm believing that number's going to increase today in Jesus' name. Hey, well, I want to talk to you today um, about evangelism in a changing world. Evangelism in a changing world. Um, Normally, when I come to preach in a church, I'd normally preach from a specific passage, exegetical preaching type thing. But today, I just want to share some thoughts. Um, These aren't necessarily new thoughts. These might be thoughts that you've had inside, but maybe you've never spoken them out, or perhaps you have spoken them out. Um, These are some, the realities, I guess, that we're facing in our world. You know, we've been through a large season of change recently, haven't we? If we look around, our world has changed. COVID has shaken everything up. Well, there's a picture of me as a young boy. I went through pretty big change as a young one as well. It's me with a guitar around my neck. Uh, Not much has changed, except I'm not as cute anymore. I grew up in church. My grandparents were pastors of a church, a pioneered church in New South Wales. And uh, in 2005, uh, my parents felt like God spoke to them to call them to Perth. And uh, so we came to Perth, we packed up everything, all of our belongings, um, three kids, two parents and a dog and we drove across to Nullarbor. And uh, we came here on the Word of God. We felt like God had called us to Perth. We didn't know why. We didn't know anybody here. We didn't have any friends, no family. And so we packed everything up and we left. And can I tell you, it was a massive change. I was going into year 11, so a massive change in my life. And uh, it shaped so much of who I was. And through that change, I guess I discovered that not all change is bad, right? Some change can be really good. Change, by its nature, forces us out of our comfort zone. And out of our comfort zone, we have the opportunity to grow. We deepen our character, partly because we're exposed to new experiences and new things. And so in that period of my life, it was a significant change that shaped my life and shaped who I was. Um, Change is essential for growth. As FDR once said, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor, right? A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Maybe you're in a season of a rocky sea. Take heart that maybe it might be developing something in you. Change is good for us. You know, I learned so much about God, about myself, about others in my move to Perth, a significant shifting in my life. Um, but I went through another change just recently. As I mentioned, I left uh, a posting at church. I have a picture of my last Sunday at Riverview. That's me leading. And uh, it was a significant change in our life, in our family's life. So much change. We changed jobs. We changed cars. We changed house. We changed routine. We changed church. We changed community. We changed cafes. We changed, we changed so many things, right, in our life. I wonder if you can relate. Have you been in a season of change in the last little while. Maybe some things have shifted. Maybe some things have changed in your family. Um, As Vladimir Lenin once said, um, if you can throw up the quote from Lenin, it says, there are decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks where decades happen. Does that relate to anybody? You know, it feels sometimes like things are speeding up. It's like moments where there's a whole lot of change all at once. So, While we're in a season of continual volatility and change, what hasn't changed? Well, I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 28. Um, You can throw it up on the screens. It says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely... I am with you until the end of the age. I'll tell you what hasn't changed, the Word of God. You know, so much about our life continues to shift and our culture continues to shift. But God's command is yes and amen and forevermore. Amen? And so Jesus, this is His last command to us as believers, to go and make disciples. This is not a great suggestion. It's a great commission. It's a great commission for each and every one of us. If you believe in Jesus, you are called and sent into the world. Tell the person next to you, you are commissioned. Tell the person you didn't choose, you're commissioned too. Listen, every believer is a messenger. Every saint is sent. Every Christian is called to their neighbor. So here's the problem. I look across the church in Australia through my role with Alpha. I have a front row seat of seeing the church in our nation. And as you'd know, the recent census just last year reported 44% of Australians would identify themselves as Christian. That's down from about 12 years ago up near 65%. So in this country, there's a slump of Christianity. I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think it's an opportunity, amen? I think it's an opportunity to rethink how we evangelize, rethink how we engage with our neighbors. For years, we've done things in certain ways, but it's time maybe for some shifts. So I want to give you today five shifts we need to make in our approach to evangelism, in our churches, in our country, and also in our daily lives. Five shifts we need to make. Everybody say five. Five. Love it. Number one, a return to the table. A return to the table. For years, we've done ministry centered around temple. There's this idea, I know Dean, Pastor Dean has preached on it a few times, the idea of temple and table. And really, they're a paradox. It's not about either or, but the temple, obviously, biblically, is the place where God dwells. The temple is the place where we come to gather and encounter God. And so for many, many years, probably the last two decades, we've created ministry of come to my church and come and encounter God. Come into this amazing Sunday service, awesome coffee, amazing kids ministry. There's nothing wrong with all of those things. They are fantastic. But we invite the non-believer into that space to encounter God. That's being self. I remember as a kid, you can throw up the next photo. As a kid, we um, had a church camp in New South Wales, and uh, we gathered all together, and um, we were outside, and, and one of the guys, um, Doug, decided it'd be a good idea to fill a trailer full of fireworks for all the kids. I mean, it's super cool. We're out on this acreage, and it was an amazing time, and so Doug leans over to light all of the fireworks. And there's about 200 people all um, sitting on the acreage and you can almost, some of you can sense what I'm about to say. He leans over, starts lighting the fireworks and the trailer tips over and faces towards all of the kids. And these fireworks, hundreds of them, just start shooting out all at us. We're like ducking and covering and like running. It was an amazing experience. But if you think about it, it's a little bit like how we've done ministry in the last 20 years. We've kind of just like lit fireworks, these flashy things, and just shot them at people. Well, I think it might be time for a return to the table, a return to discussion, A return to sharing a meal with one another. Um, Dave Adamson, uh, a a leader in this nation through Digital Church, said that it's not that um, church attendance is decreasing, it might be decentralizing. I like that. I think that's really helpful in that it's not about not having temple gatherings, but it's about a return to the table. We've been absent from the table for the last 20 years. And I think the Lord is calling Australians to return to the table with their neighbor, to invite their neighbor to a space where they can hear one another. You know, um, I think this is deeply biblical. Jesus did a lot of table ministry. He preached in the synagogues, but then throughout the week he was in the streets, Preaching and encouraging and meeting with sinners at tables. Take the um, concept of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Jesus preaches to the religious leaders, let's call that a temple gathering, and then he goes to Zacchaeus' house and has dinner, uh, a table of sinners. Let's call that a table gathering. And so it's not either or, it's paradoxical, but I just want to shine a spotlight today. I think we've been doing the temple really well, but we haven't done much table across the church in Australia. And so the Lord, I believe, is calling us once again to temple, to table ministry. Jesus calls us outwards, always, not inwards. He sends us out and calls us out. At the table, we discuss Jesus. At the temple, we declare Jesus. They both go hand in hand. It's not either or, it's both and. Millard J. Erickson, one of my favorite theologians, said this The early church gathered for worship and instruction, and then they were sent out to evangelize. During the gathering, the focus was on fellow believers, but after the gathering, the, the focus shifted to non believers. Isn't that encouraging? For each of us here today, we're here together to be encouraged by the Word of God, to be re-inspired, to be refilled by the Spirit of God. But then we are sent out in Jesus' name to evangelize, sent out to share the good news. Amen? We're sent out in Jesus' name. That's what I love about Alpha. Alpha is a beautiful um, representation of these values I'm talking about, a return to the table, gathering around a meal, sharing, encouraging one another. All right, the second shift I think we need to make is the removal of fences, the removal of fences. Is anyone a fan of the show Yellowstone? Has anyone watched Yellowstone? Give me a wave. I love that show. If you don't know what it is, it's about a rancher in Montana who's fighting to keep their ranch over generations. A lot of people are smiling. I know you watch watched that. You're like, does a pastor really watch that? You shouldn't be watching. No, I watched that. Fantastic show. Um, But one of the things on Yellowstone I noticed, you can throw up the picture of the cows that might help us kind of just get in the mood. There we go. All right, imagine you're on a ranch in Montana. And um, one of the things on this show that I just can't get past is they're forever fixing the fence. It's like there's a hole in the fence. The whole drama of the show is there's a hole in the fence. We've got to fix it. And uh, people are trying to get in the fence to rob their cattle. But listen, the fence is important, right? The fence is the livelihood of a ranch. The ranch has cattle. The cattle is worth money. And so if the cattle get out or if predators get in, the cattle is harmed. Therefore, their investment is gone. And so these ranches are constantly fixing fences. But it reminds me of this time an American rancher came out to Australia. And uh, he came out and they went out in the outback. And obviously, as you know, the outback is so vast and, and so spread out. And this rancher couldn't get over the fact that there was no fences. And he asked the Australian farmer. he said, what, what, where are all the fences? I mean, why don't your cattle just get out? And he said, fences, why do you need fences? Here in Australia, we just dig a well. We dig a hole in the ground, put water there, and we know that the cattle won't go far from it. Blew his mind. He was like, whoa, maybe we should revolutionize the American fence system. <laughs> Listen, doesn't that metaphorically apply to how we share the gospel? What if we just removed the fences, the things that would keep people out, and we chose just to dig a well? in the middle of our ranch, for everyone to come, because we know people won't go far from the well of life, because that well, just as it is for cattle, keeps them alive as it is for us. And so we need the Spirit of God in our world. You know, Jesus, through His death and resurrection, removed all fences once and for all. He said, what? Come if you're thirsty. Come and drink. Jesus offers life-changing, life-giving water. May we never build fences where Jesus intends for someone to drink. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you about Susan. Uh, There's a picture of a temple there. Uh, Susan came to a church in Rockingham just recently. And um, Susan rocked up. um, She was having all of these questions about her faith. She's from the Baha'i faith. And so she knocked on the door, I think it was on a Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., And knocked on the door and said, excuse me, I have a lot of questions about my faith. I think my faith has more doubts than it does answers. And I'm wondering if Jesus could answer my questions. (laughs) How good. The pastor was like, what do I do? I know, I'll put them on Alpha. (laughs) And so the pastor and Susan did Alpha together with a group of other people. And Susan, by about week seven, decided, you know what, Um, Jesus has answered these core questions of my life. And so I want to give my life to Jesus. How do I do that? And uh, so she gave her life to Jesus, and uh, she's still in that church now serving on Alpha. But here's the cool thing. Susan, um, she not only um, came to the Lord, but she was baptized about three months later after that Alpha. And uh, all of her family from the Baha'i faith came to watch her Christian baptism, which is just phenomenal. And so all of these people came together. Now, wouldn't it be easy to create fences? Oh, you don't believe what we believe, and so therefore you can't. No, the pastor chose, let's remove the fence and offer the life-giving water. I wonder what God wants to do in our churches when we just serve up life-giving water, amen? Amen. I wonder what God wants to do and the radical change that would happen in our communities if we remove the fences. Now, rebellion is not the goal. I'm not suggesting we just tear down everything. The goal is transformation, because we know that God transforms when people drink of His life. So anyone is welcome at the table, right? Amen? But not everyone wants a seat. And that's the reality, and this speaks to the next shift I think we need to make, is a renewal of resilience. A renewal of resilience. Everybody say resilience. Resilience. You know, Psalm 23, you have seated me at a table. Oh, that sounds really nice, God. That sounds great. In the presence of my enemies. Hang on, what? You know, like we we have a table, we're seated, but often we can be surrounded by people who don't think what we think and might even be aggressive towards what we think. Uh, not everyone will accept the message of the gospel. Not everyone will accept the love, the faith, and the hope found in Jesus. I mean, even Jesus Experienced this, right? How many walked away from him that didn't accept him? Uh, Think about him in his town of Nazareth, where he went there and he couldn't do any miracles and he shook off the dust and just moved on. That's a picture of what I think needs to rise again in this nation. We can look at 44% in the census and become negative and become sheltered and go into our cave, or we can realize that just not everyone will accept the news about Jesus. Why do we take it so personally when someone says no to us when we invite them to? A church gathering. They're not rejecting us. They're rejecting God, and He's big enough to handle that. In fact, it'll start a chain reaction where He'll continue to work on their heart, like water eroding a rock. God will continue to work in people's heart. You know, nothing illustrates this resilience better than something recently in the news with Andrew Thornburn, right? I don't know if you heard this story, but Andrew um, is the chair of a board of a church. It's a volunteer role that he plays in Melbourne. And um, he recently was uh, hired to the CEO seat of Essendon Football Club. Any football fans in the room? Love football, love AFL. I'm a chaplain at a local club, love it. And um, Andrew uh, was fired, I think, after a day uh, for his beliefs and for his faith. And uh, such a sad reality uh, watching on. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things I could say about that. But I think the biggest thing is to realize is that God didn't call us to be popular. He called us to be faithful. (laughs) And so success in the kingdom may not look like popularity or influence or notoriety. But in fact, success in the kingdom looks like faithfulness to his word, faithfulness to his command, faithfulness to the gospel. Amen. And credit to Andrew for his faithfulness. He resigned his role after a day, I think it was, because he couldn't compromise his beliefs. He couldn't be put upon and forced to abandon his post at his church. And so instead he resigned. I wonder if you've ever felt like that, pressured by others for your beliefs, pressured by others because of what you hold true. I want to tell you about a guy called St. Lawrence. It was 250 years. I have a picture of St. Lawrence, actually. 250 years after Jesus' birth, and the early church was thriving, and everyone in Rome was becoming Christians. The church was rampant. It was just going wild. And this guy called Emperor Valerian rose to power, and he saw the threat of the church. And so he ordered all of the bishops, all of the priests, all of the deacons to be killed, and he executed them all. But he spared one man named St. Lawrence. That's this guy. Why? Because he was the head of the church's finance. <laughs> so he wanted to make sure that he got all of the money before he killed the last Christian in Rome. And so he ordered St. Lawrence to gather up all of the treasures of the church. And St. Lawrence asked for three days. I can't get them all. they are at different multi-site churches, you know, campus churches all around Rome. And so I've got to gather them all up. And so he asked for three days for all the treasure to be placed in one place, in the church in the center of Rome. And three days later, Emperor Valerian came back with the soldiers, and St. Lawrence threw open the church doors, and he said, Behold, the treasures of the church. Inside were the poor, the widows, the sick, the oppressed, the broken, the people of the church. How beautiful, right? How beautiful. Emperor Valerian was obviously pretty furious at this. Um, and so he ordered um, for St. Lawrence that he said that beheading was too good for him. And so he ordered him to be executed on a hot griddle. And uh, he was fried to death. And, and, and rumor has it the most famous quote from St. Lawrence is, I'm done on this side, you can turn me to the other. <laughs> what an amazing man. What an amazing Resilience. Now, I don't know that you're going to be called before God to be like St. Lawrence and go to a hot griddle, but there's something about that story that evokes something in me that goes, God, come on, I can stand up for you. I can believe for you. You know, the thing that fueled St. Lawrence was the love for people, was the love for people and the hope for humanity. He believed in people. He believed that people were God's treasures. So how do we renew our resilience? We love people. We love them enough to stand, to to stand firm in in attack of the, the enemy schemes or other people coming at us. Hope is the fuel of resilience. Um, And I just think the church in Australia needs a renewal of resilience. We need to be able to stand for what we believe and stand up and be okay if people don't agree with us. You know, for some of you in the room, maybe you spoke to someone about God a long time ago, but that person turned you down. And they said, no, I'm not interested. And to be honest, since then, you probably haven't spoken to anyone about God since. And you've kind of hid a bit of your faith and you kind of hide the books in the house when the neighbors come over or whatever. Maybe for some of you, you've actually never asked anyone. You've never spoken to anyone about your faith. And I want to encourage you, maybe today's the day. Maybe this week's the week. Maybe God's going to set up an opportunity for you to share your faith. Uh, And I want to encourage you to lean into that because God is in that space. If we're going to be effective at evangelism in this year, 2023, we have to have resilience in Jesus' name. Uh, The fourth shift I think we need to make is the release of pressure. The release of pressure. God wants to remove the pressure of having to know it all. (laughs) Tell the person next to you, you don't have to know it all. (laughs) I know you know it all, but you don't have to know it all. <laughs> you know, Jesus models this in the Gospels. I, I have a slide from a, from a book. Um, you know, Jesus is asked a lot of questions. Jesus asked 307 questions in the Gospels. He is asked 183 questions, which he only answers directly three. How amazing. You don't have to know it all. It's okay. So asking questions and sitting in the unknown or in the um, ambiguous is central to the life and teaching of Jesus. See, why does this matter? Well, it matters because the goal is never to win an argument. If you got that neighbor, stop trying to win the argument. Just win the person because if we win the person, God is able to work on their heart and change things inside their heart. The goal is to win the person. God also wants to remove the pressure of having to do it all. I want to tell you today, the salvation of others is not sitting on your shoulders. The salvation and the future eternity of someone else in your life is not sitting on your shoulders. It's okay when our friends don't accept Jesus. We need to remove the pressure. You know, there's that internal dialogue. I don't know if you're anything like me. But there's that internal dialogue of, oh, if only I said this in that moment. Or if only I had done that, maybe things would be different. Here's the truth. It was never about what you said or did anyway. (laughs) It's ultimately up to God, right? God is the one who changes lives. God is the one who brings life change. And uh, I love what John Wimber says about this, that prayer ministry is calling all of heaven's resource. Prayer ministry is meeting the needs of people with the resources of heaven. See, it's not up to us to change someone's life. God gives the resource of all of heaven in order to do so. It's God who brings change. It's God who transforms. So if we don't need to know it all or do it all, what do we do? What part do we play? Well, I think we have been given seed to sow. The seed is given to the sower, Jesus says in Matthew 13. But as Paul said, one plants another waters, God brings the growth. And so what do we do? We just continue to sow. We're going to sow on hard ground. We're going to sow in rocky ground. We're going to sow among weeds. And we're going to sow sometimes in good soil. Often we don't know or can't determine what soil it is that we're planting the seed of faith into. But here's the bottom line of that parable is that not every seed will take root. So I want to encourage you to sow generously, sow liberally. We talk about this idea at Alpha called the clock face of faith. Um, You can throw up the picture of the clock. If you imagine faith like a clock, and every time we invite, every time we talk to our friend about God, every time we choose to pray with them, every time we give generously towards someone, it's moving people around the clock face of faith closer towards God. You know, our research says that it takes about 10 to 12 hours interactions or encounters before someone will come and decide to become in faith, decide to follow Jesus. And so every interaction you have is moving someone around the clock face of faith. Is that helpful? And so I just want to speak to you today to remove the pressure. It's not, you're not going to move the whole way around in one moment. It's God can do that. And I have lots of stories I could tell you where God did that. But normally what happens is it's a slow, progressive movement towards God, and God continues to change us and call us. As the Word says, God calls people unto Himself. And so I want to encourage you to continue to plant seeds, continue. uh, As 2 Corinthians says, the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. As Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Don't give up doing good. You'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. So don't stress if people don't take up the invitation to this Alpha or the next Alpha. Keep asking. Keep inviting in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. Lastly, I want to just encourage you. You know, invitation is our job, but transformation is God's job, right? Invitation is our job. If, if we don't invite, people won't come. But the transformation, the change is God's job. And so, the last shift I think we need to make is a reigniting of the Holy Spirit. A reigniting of the Holy Spirit. Musicians and singers across both locations, you can come and join me. A reigniting of the Spirit. Jesus told the disciples in Acts 1, verse 8, to wait for the Spirit to be poured out. And if the Holy Spirit was required for the early church to fulfill, The Great Commission, the last command that God gave, the Holy Spirit, you better believe, is required for today. Amen? We need the Spirit. We can't accomplish anything without the Spirit. Um, Let me illustrate it this way. I've got a picture of a candle here. And uh, this candle, beautiful candle. You know, Jesus has called us numerous times in the gospel, called us light. The light of the world. He's the light of the world, and he calls us to be the light of the world. He says that you're a light. You're meant to shine. Don't hide your light under a bushel or a bucket, depending on the translation. You're meant to shine for all to see. You're like a city on a hill, shining bright. And so we're like this candle, uh, a flame, a light. We're meant to shine. We're meant to be seen. We're meant to be known. But what is it about the candle that people are attracted to? is it the candle or is it the flame? Obviously, the answer is the flame. The flame is the thing that brings life. The flame is the thing that illuminates, that helps you not stub your toe in the darkness. The flame is the thing that informs. The flame is the thing that brings warmth. The flame is the thing that brings safety and protection. The flame brings people together. The candle itself is called to hold the light, but it can't create it. Amen? The candle can't create light. In fact, often without the Spirit, when we're trying to do evangelism, it's just like a candle that's not lit waving in front of people's faces. And people are like, what are you doing? No, we've got to be lit with the power of God, a light to the purposes of God. As it says in Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Amen? By my spirit. You know, in the first century, it took a lot of effort to create light. Um, It's not as simple as they didn't have matches or, you know, flame flow or things that we have today to be able to light fire. Fire was precious. Fire was to be protected And so there's a layer of meaning when Jesus says that you're a city on a hill. You're the light of the world. It was quite difficult to keep your light alive when you're away from the town. And so there was this thing in every community called a community fire. I'm not sure if you knew this, but there was a community fire in every town. And uh, the purpose of the community fire was to bring warmth and light to the town so people could see where they were going at night, but also to welcome travelers from all different regions to come and relight their lamp at the fire. And uh, interestingly, the community fire in every village was generally set up at the temple, was set up at the church, was set up at the place where people would worship. And someone's job, probably Riley, was to keep that fire burning Definitely Riley and Malaloo. Woo! Um, To keep that fire burning, to keep topping the lamp up with oil. Because if the lamp went out, then no one would have fire. And they'd have to start again and go to another village and someone would have to carry the flame over. And so this community fire was central to the story of every village. And I just wonder today if we could create a community fire moment, you know, across both of our campuses. If... If we could create a moment where we relight our candle, relight our light at the community fire. The beauty of that metaphor is that all you need to do is stand in community, come together, and God will relight you. But it's the realization that without God, I can accomplish nothing. And maybe for some of you, it's been a while since you've been a light to the things of God. As I've been talking, maybe you're just like, oh yeah, I did invite someone way back. Well, I wanted you to invite someone this week. And maybe we need the power of God, the living breath of God to work through us, to flow through us this week as we go out and believe that many will come to know Jesus, as we go out on mission, as we are sent in the name of Jesus. And so I want to invite people um, to be filled again, to be reignited with the Spirit of God. And so I wonder if I could do two things. I want to pray twice, actually. First, I want to pray for everybody um, that is on Alpha. Or this is going to be starting Alpha. If you're jumping onto Alpha, can you just stand to your feet? And we're going to pray for you. Yep, don't be shy. It's okay. All right, awesome beautiful. All right, church, why don't you just stretch out your hands, stay standing, and we're going to pray for you. Why don't you stretch out your hands towards these guys, and let's just pray for them right now. Father, we thank you for each of these people that are standing this morning here at Malalu and at Meriwa. Lord, we pray over them. Would you ignite them with your fire in Jesus' name? Father, we pray that their testimony, that the gospel would be effective, God, Father, we thank you for the many. They're gonna be coming on Alpha, those that don't know you. Father, I pray that you would work through each of these people's lives to shine bright. Father, that they would come in and say, like Susan, there's something different about you guys. There's something on you. There's something that I'm attracted to, like a moth to a flame. Father, I pray that your spirit would move through them. Would you empower them? Would you go before them? Father, would you prepare the table, I pray, God. Um, As they converse with people at these Alpha parties coming up, Father, I pray that you would prepare the table. Thank you, God, that you are already there. Thank you, God, that you are already having a conversation with each of the people that are going to come on Alpha. So, Lord, I pray for sensitivity. I pray for openness. God, I pray for eyes um, of words of knowledge. I pray for words of insight uh, for each of these people standing this morning. And, Father, I pray that you would move powerfully through them. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, well, would you all stand to your feet this morning? You know, we can talk about all the cool ways we can share the gospel of Jesus and all the shifts we need to make. But, you know, without the Spirit of God, it's it's pointless, it's meaningless. We can't accomplish much. And uh, so right now, if you just want to close your eyes across both locations and, you know, if you just want to be filled this morning with the Spirit of God, that's what I came for this morning. I'm not here to share cool thoughts. I'm here to impart something, to deposit something across this church, this beautiful church. And so if you want to be reignited with the Spirit, if you need a fresh touch of the Spirit, if you need wisdom from the Spirit, if you're going through a season of change and you need uh, insight from the Spirit, would you just lift your hands towards heaven? If you want a fresh touch of the Spirit this morning, lift your hands, open your hands towards heaven. I'm going to pray for everyone at both of our locations. Father God, I thank you that you are here in power. Where two or more are gathered in your name, Jesus, there you are. So Spirit of God, come and blow through this place. Come and move powerfully in this space, in Mālalu, in Meriwa. Lord, I thank you for every person reaching out, crying out for more of you. God, let this be a community fire moment. God, would you come and breathe upon the coals of our heart. God, I pray for those whose fire has gone out. Would you light them right now in the name of Jesus? Would they begin to see things in color again? Would they begin to see you clearly? Would they begin to see their neighbors in a different way. Would you give them the love of the gospel? Would you give them the love of Jesus for them? Father, I pray that you would set alight everything in our hands to do. Lord, for those that are going through a season of change, a season of trial, Father God, I thank you that you are there. Lord, I pray for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. It is not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit. So this morning, find us, God. We're crying out for you. We need more of you. We want a touch of you. We want to be set apart for you. Father, would the world see us as different because we are set alight with the fire of God come now I pray in Jesus name everybody said amen amen come on let's just sing a little bit let's sing a bit amen